the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Revelation. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. Believers who are alive at the time when Christ sounds the trumpet in the clouds, they get their glorified body on the way up. This is the next verse. Take a look at this. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 52. Paul says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall not all experience death. There's going to be a generation that gets raptured. But we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. The Apostle Paul was old and stranded on the island of Patmos because he professed the name of Jesus. This is where he gets visions from God and writes about the rapture. This is simply the event that will take all those who believe in Jesus up to heaven. It'll be before God's judgment is evident on earth. Pastor Gary explains this safety that heaven offers in more detail today during his message. The question that begs you to think about is this. How much clarity and information do you need to believe? At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Revelation chapter 4 with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. Verse 15 that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, okay, so let's just say, for example, Jesus were to come today, all right, that's we who are alive and remain at the coming of the Lord. But we will not go before, we will not precede those who are asleep. Now, remember, we've talked about this before. In the New Testament, asleep is a euphemism for death. It doesn't mean, like Jehovah's Witnesses will teach you, when you die, your soul goes to sleep in the grave and you don't wake up until the second coming. That's nonsense. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We go immediately to be with the Lord as a believer. When we die, our spirit separates from our body and goes to be with Jesus. But our body, our physical body, will remain in a tomb. And, and our bodies decompose. So, when he says here, we who are alive and remain at the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Those believers who have already died, they're going to go before we go because they're going to get their glorified body. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. So there's going to be the sound of like a trumpet, and the dead in Christ, the believers who have already died before us, will rise first. Okay, now, here's the deal. Here's what's happening. When we go to heaven, presently our spirit separates from our body and goes into heaven. But the Bible speaks about how we as believers will also get glorified bodies as Jesus 
got a glorified body. When Jesus rose from the dead, his physical body had become glorified. In other words, it was imperishable. It couldn't die again. It couldn't get sick. It wouldn't get weak. His physical appearance was still the same, but his body had transformed into something that was glorified. And what the Bible promises is that we will also get a glorified body like he has, but not until this time. Because presently, if you were to die, you don't get a glorified body. Your spirit separates from your physical body, and your spirit goes to be with the Lord. But your spirit doesn't have a glorified body. It's just a spirit in the presence with the Lord. So what Paul is writing here in 1 Thessalonians 4 is this idea. That as believers, we're all going to get a glorified body in two separate ways. First, the first ones are going to get a glorified body are those Christians who have already died. So everybody who's died before us, When that trumpet call sounds, graves are going to be opened. And those dead, physical, now bodies that have decomposed and returned to dust will be miraculously changed and become a glorified body. And those glorified bodies will rise from those graves to be reunited with the spirits that are in heaven so that those who have died before us will get their glorified body before us. Okay? Now, I get all kinds of questions on this. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. My Uncle Charlie was cremated and his ashes were scattered at sea. What's going to happen to Uncle Charlie? Because everybody knows that once his ashes were scattered, probably then some sharks came along and ate all the ashes. And and now it's gone through many other cycles. Where is Uncle Charlie? Listen to me on this. Listen to me. I'm going to liberate you. Listen to me. The same God who formed the universe and cast all the stars into outer space can bring Uncle Charlie back. Trust me on that, okay? The molecular composition of Uncle Charlie will miraculously be brought back together. It's no problem for God. It's no problem for God. Suddenly, little canisters on people's mantles will be gone. Think about it. Cremation is not an issue, by the way, because, I mean, you can decompose either quickly through cremation or uh, over a long period of time through natural decomposition. But whatever, God is a big enough God. He's going to take all the molecular components of every human being who has ever died in Christ and bring it together into a glorified body. I had a pastor friend once who, (laughs) in California, who was doing a funeral, and the wishes for the deceased, the family said was that he should be cremated, and then they wanted to go up in a helicopter, and they wanted to then cast the ashes out over the sea in the Pacific. And so he's like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do this. I've never done this before, but, but we'll do this. And so they get up in the helicopter, and, you know, the chopper blades are pretty loud, and so and they, they pull open the, the side door of the chopper, and the pastor's saying a few loud words, you know, in remembrance, and then he opens up the container and scatters it. And when he did, do you know what happened? All the ashes flew back in everybody's face inside the helicopter. <laughs> They're choking. They're choking on their loved one. God can even take care of that. Okay? No problem for God. But the dead in Christ will rise first. So believers who have already gone on before us, they're going to get their glorified bodies before we do. But then look at the rest of the verse. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. 
And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Dead in Christ, glorified bodies, graves rise, ashes come back together. Bodies rise out of the graves, rather. And then they get glorified bodies. And then we who are alive at that moment, that just precedes us. But then we're going to get caught up. And guess what? Believers who are alive at the time when Christ sounds the trumpet in the clouds, they get their glorified body on the way up. This is the next verse. Take a look at this. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 52. Paul says, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall not all experience death. There's going to be a generation that gets raptured. But we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. What is he saying? He's saying that for the generation that is alive at the time of the return of Christ, we get our glorified bodies on the way up. Now, I have a pastor friend who has a plaque over the nursery in their church that has the first part, uh, second part of verse 51 over the nursery now. Okay, this is funny. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Isn't that cute? Do you get that? All right. Anyway, Paul's talking here about how in, in Christ, there's the generation that when he comes in the cloud, sounds the trumpet, that will not experience death. We're going to be taken up and we get our glorified bodies on the way up. Now, if you've ever seen any of those, you know, left behind movies, or when I was a teenager, there was another series, I forget what it was even called, but there were all these pictures, the portrayal of uh, what happens on the day when Christians are just vanish from the planet, because that's what's going to happen. And they, they show like, you know, their clothing still left behind and their, and their eyeglasses folded neatly, you know, beside it. And uh, I, I, what does that mean that everybody goes up naked? I don't know that that's what's going to happen. And that's kind of an ugly sight when you think about that. But, you know, all kinds of things might happen they're, they're, as a result of that. I mean, I mean, think about it. And this is what the movie's portrayed to. There's a Christian pilot flying an airplane. All right, a lot of it's on autopilot these days, but at some point it's going to have to land. And if a Christian pilot is taken, what happens to everybody on, on that plane? And the chaos that will happen when Christians are suddenly taken, you know, some believers driving their car and all of a sudden they're taken, and now will there be all these traffic accidents and, and airplanes crashing and all this kind of stuff? Just use your imagination, I guess. It's, it's hard to tell what's going to happen when believers are taken from the earth. But we will be snatched. We'll be taken away. We will be raptured from the earth. Take a look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24. He said, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. So Jesus is referring here to the rapture. There's going to be two men working side by side. One's a believer, one's not. The believer's going to be taken suddenly and the other guy's going to be left there. Two women are going to be working together. One's a believer, one's not. The believer's going to be taken and the non-believer's left. And they're going to be wondering what in the world happened here. And Jesus compares that to the days of Noah. Now, this is also very important as a pre-tribulation position that we hold here at Cornerstone. And by the way, you can compare Matthew 24 to Luke chapter 17. 
Because in Luke chapter 17, when Jesus tells this story, Luke records, it isn't a contradiction of Matthew, it's a supplement to Matthew. Matthew says that Jesus compares it to the days of Noah. Luke says that too. But Luke also adds that Jesus compared it to the days of Lot. Now, what is the significant comparison, similarity, between the days of Noah and the days of Lot? Here's what it is. You have righteous people, Noah and Lot, living in a very unrighteous world. And what did God do? He took the righteous out before his judgment came. He spared Noah and his family, eight in all, on the ark before judgment came upon the world by way of a flood. What happened with Lot? Lot and his family were spared before God rained down fire and sulfur upon Sodom and Gomorrah. These were righteous people living among unrighteous people. And what did God do? He spared the righteous. This is more evidence for God taking Christians from the earth before the tribulation. It's consistent. Jesus compares his coming and the rescuing of his bride to the days of Noah in Matthew 24 and the days of Noah and Lot in Luke chapter 17. It will be sudden. Jesus says here, people were eating and drinking and they were marrying. They were going to work. It was just like a regular day. It will be unannounced. We should be aware of it in advance because we're studying this. We should know about it. The church should be educated about this stuff. We should be aware that this is going to happen. But otherwise, it's an unannounced event. People are going to be just living life like they normally would. And all of a sudden, Christ is going to return in the clouds. It's going to be this sound like a trumpet, and the church is going to be taken. And Jesus compares it here to Noah and Lot. In other words, again... The righteous were spared before the judgment came. This is, again, the position of a pre-tribulation view that we hold here. Now, here is the evidence from chapter 4. If you go back now and look here at chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, here's why I believe that, and, and not just me, many others who look at this text, see John as a type of the church, as a figure, a picture of the church, in what happens here, because everything else that John is about to write is written from the vantage point of being kept safe in heaven. He's taken up by the Spirit, and everything else from chapter 4 to 22, he writes from that safe position in heaven with the Lord. And so here's the evidence. First, number one, it's the absence of the the word church. The word church is mentioned 19 times in the first three chapters of Revelation, but not again until Revelation 22, 16, after the tribulation is all over. The church is absent. When you look at all these events that are going to happen between 6 to 18, no mention of the word church whatsoever, okay? So again, it's a picture here. John is taken up to heaven. Here's this voice, come up here, and he's kept safe when... All of this tribulation is going to be unleashed upon the world. So that's one point, the absence of the word church. It's present in the first three chapters, 19 times, not mentioned again until chapter 22, verse 16. The second piece of evidence we have, number two, is the open door in heaven. It says here, behold, I looked, verse one, and a door standing open in heaven. 
The door is standing open because the church is going up. The only other time heaven is standing open in the book of Revelation is chapter 19, verse 11, when Jesus is coming down. So it's like, here's a portal, and it is open for this event. John is a picture of the church. Come up here. There's an open door. Up he goes. The only other time that door is open is when Jesus comes again in chapter 19, verse 11. Point number three. You see the sound of a trumpet here. He says, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me. Now, again, it's not, it's not literally a trumpet. He's describing the voice of God like a trumpet. But again, that is consistent with other passages in the Bible. The voice of God is like a trumpet, a sound associated with the rapture of the church in 1 Corinthians 15. We just read that. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, we just read that. All of these verses speak about the sound of a trumpet, the sound of a trumpet, the trumpet call of God. And so that's consistent with the time of the rapture. Number four, the invitation to come up here. He he says to him, he hears this in verse one. I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. The only other time in Revelation that God calls from heaven, come up here, concerns the resurrection and ascension of the two witnesses in Revelation eleven twelve. Now, when we get to Revelation chapter 11, there's an interesting thing that God does. It's part of his mercy to send the gospel message so that as many people still can get saved, and they are sent specifically to the Jewish people. You have two witnesses who will identify who we believe those two witnesses probably are, although, again, we can't be dogmatic about it. But they're going to be killed. And yet, they miraculously rise from the dead. And then there's a voice from heaven that says, come up here. And those two witnesses go back to heaven from where they came. So the only other time when you compare these these terms, come up here, John's taken up to heaven. Come up here in Revelation 11, 12, the two witnesses when they're taken up. Finally, number five, the return of the saints with Christ is more evidence as to why he's a picture of the church being taken before the tribulation that starts in chapter 6. Because we must be in heaven during the tribulation in order to return with Christ after the tribulation. That makes sense, right? The Bible says, I'll give you the verses, Revelation 19, 14. It says, and the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. So in Revelation 19, which is the chapter that talks about when Jesus comes back to earth, not just in the clouds to get the church, but when he actually comes back to earth, to Jerusalem, the Mount of Olives, in chapter 19, verse 14, it says, accompanying him are armies from heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and they followed him on white horses. Now, some look at that and say, well, that refers to angels. No, it doesn't, because the ones who are specifically clothed in white linen, fine linen, are believers. In Revelation 3, 5, Jesus said, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So it's a reference to saints coming back with Jesus. Well, we have to be in heaven for us to come back with him. And then also Jude, verses 14 and 15. Jude wrote this, now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also saying, behold, the Lord comes with 10,000s of his saints 
to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. But listen again, he says, behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints when the Lord returns. You also have 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 12 and 13. It says, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and do all just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. And 1 Thessalonians 4, 14 says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. So, it is believed that chapter 4, Revelation, verses 1 and 2, where John is taken up there to heaven in the Spirit, it's a picture, it's a type of the church being taken up to heaven on that day known as the rapture to be kept safe there when the judgment and tribulation is unfolding upon the earth. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, when Paul was writing in the context of the second coming of Christ, he said this in the first 11 verses, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. In other words, oh, that was the name of the, the series back in the 70s that I was trying to think of, A Thief in the Night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Talking about unbelievers. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. This is our instruction. Listen. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For, listen to this, this is 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we awake or asleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, and then again, comfort each other and edify one another just as also you are doing. You know, the problem with my friends who hold to a post-trib view and a mid-trib view that you either go through all of it or part of it, really hard to read what I just read from 1 Thessalonians 5, and Paul said it also in 1 Thessalonians 4, to comfort each other with these words. How comforting is it to think that you have to go through some or all of the tribulation? The only real comfort is in knowing that God did not subject us to wrath, you see, judgment, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul would write his closing words before he was martyred for his faith in 2 Timothy 4 verse 8. He says, now, There is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me, and not me only, but all who long for his appearing. Do you long for his appearing, church? Because he's coming again. And when that trumpet call sounds, we're going. I don't care who's the... Nobody will care, post-trip, mid-trip, pre-trip. When the trumpet sounds... I'm out of here. 
right, I'm out of here, and I hope you are too. Amen. That's all we have for today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. If you'd like to listen to this edition in Revelation again, or if you'd like to explore other messages from Pastor Gary through his Bible teachings, just visit our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. Or you can download our mobile app to stay connected to the truth of God's Word everywhere you go. It's a great way to have a quiet time anytime. You'll find a link on our website, along with more information about the church behind this ministry, Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you. Come visit us. You'll find service times and more information about Cornerstone Chapel at cornerstoneconnection.cc. Is there anything happening in your life right now that we could be praying for? We'd be honored to do that for you. Or is there anything God's doing that deserves some rejoicing? Please let us know. We love that we can interact with our listeners. So send us a quick email and we'll get back to you soon. Prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. That's prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. With that, our time with you has come to an end for today. Put a marker where we left off in this final book of the Bible and make plans to join Pastor Gary next time for more, right here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know You're not a General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.